Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Dagna Ida, a software engineer turned career coach about mentorship in engineering. Why is it important for all engineers to have a mentor and how you can be a great mentee too? I'm your host, Jeff Perry, founder of More Than Engineering, and this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. It's the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, though, I just want to mention that this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, WSU. Washington State University's Engineering and Technology Management Master's Degree Program is a perfect balance of technical and managerial education that helps prepare practicing engineers for managing projects, people, and organizational systems. As one former student noted, the knowledge that I gained from the ETM program helped me become a more competent, confident engineer and manager. The program greatly impacted my career and has been a key element in my continued success. Learn more about the engineering management profession at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Now let's jump right in. All right, let's jump right into the main segment of the episode. I'm so pleased to be here with Dagna Bieda. Dagna, so great to be with you today. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Jeff. I want to hear in your own words, and I'm sure our audience does too, introduce yourself. Help us understand who you are, what you do, and what your career journey has been like up so far. So my name's Dagna Bieda, just like you introduced me, and I'm a software engineer turned career coach for software engineers. You know, I help engineers at different stages of their career to really move forward by getting crystal clear with whatever it is that they want to do in their career, what their fulfillment looks like, how to strategically plan that, and how to organize their engineering mindset around those goals. I got into engineering because as a kid, I really wanted to create future. And I know how it sounds like create future, what? But uh, when I had to pick a college degree for myself, I picked out the most futuristic area that was possible. And so I studied robotics. And the funny thing is, in Poland, you have a very scheduled, very strict curriculum that you have to go through. I had no way to get away from coding classes. So I had to take programming classes, and I absolutely hated coding when I was studying So this is kind of ridiculous. And you might be thinking, okay, so how did you end up becoming a software engineer, right? And the answer is twofold. Essentially, I ended up figuring out that building robots takes a huge amount of time and effort. And writing apps is so much more satisfactory because you get that instant gratification, right? You write a feature, you fix a bug. And what happens is like, you can be proud of yourself. You can be like, yes, I accomplished something. Whereas when you're building robots, it like takes months for you to really see how that scope of work has turned out, where's it going. And, you know, the feeling of accomplishment is not, the gratification is not as easily attainable there. (laughs) Also, I learned that being a software engineer just pays better. Tell us more about what you're doing now. You talked about moving into uh, doing coaching and mentoring for software engineers. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? And how do you help people really work on achieving some of their goals? 
So I'm a, a career coach and essentially I help my clients get through their obstacles. We meet on a weekly basis. We have one-on-one sessions. We go through a structured program that I call engineering career level up. And we meet on a weekly basis, have a topic to cover in mind, and then go through some homework and I provide my feedback. In software engineering, we're so used to kind of like getting the knowledge that's out there and there's wealth of knowledge on the internet. But something that blogs and courses are not necessarily going to give you is the feedback. And this is something that mentors will do for you as well in your career. So if you're in a company, you're working as a software engineer already, and you don't have a mentor, run, just get out of that company because you're going to be so slow to progress in your career. There's so many things you can do on your own, but what really brings tremendous value to growth is having that mentor who can give you the feedback that will help you grow. How long do people typically work with you? And what are some of the big challenges that you're helping people overcome through giving that feedback? And what sorts of changes are people able to make through that process? When I work with my clients one-on-one, it's uh, typically eight sessions. And then if they want to go ahead and have more, we can absolutely do that. And the biggest obstacle that I see my clients have is their way of thinking their perspective. So it's really critical to change perspective, help them get those aha moments like, oh, this is why I'm stuck. And part of it comes from my experience and my growth in my career. When I started programming, I got promoted to a senior engineer super fast in two years, right? Super quickly to that senior position. But then as I was in the senior position, I plateaued in that place and had really trouble breaking through to an engineering manager position. Taking that stock of lessons that I learned in my own career, and then having helped multiple clients get past those obstacles as well, that's that wealth of knowledge that I share with my clients and help them get past through their roadblocks. Yeah, so many of us, it's hard to get outside of our own heads and those thinking patterns and and often takes that feedback and outside perspective to help us recognize, gain awareness. And so then once we have awareness, we can make those changes, right? Exactly. The blind spots. Like what are your clients' biggest blind spots? Yeah, so some of the similar things, and and I use the word mindset a lot in the work that I do, but it's understanding these thinking patterns and ways of being that really drive our behavior, which drives our results, that if we don't have awareness of that, then we can't make a change. So once we have awareness, then we can start taking actions intentionally to make those changes. It's a fun process to, as a coach or a mentor, to have that front row seat to seeing those changes that people get to yeah, make. It's really a pleasure. Absolutely. So kind of going back to this whole mentoring idea and the experiences that you've had, like mm-hmm. how would you say mentors have impacted your career in engineering and otherwise? I would say that they were complete game changers for me. When I got into programming, I got myself a position in a corporate environment. I worked at Nokia at that time. And the management decided to put me on a team that already had experience. And I could clearly see the difference in my progress being surrounded by people who knew more, who had that experience compared to my other folks who were junior positions and old junior teams. Their progress was slow compared to mine. And I felt like I was on a fast track 
because I was like a sponge. You know, I had access to mentors. I could ask them questions. I listened to their feedback and really executed on that feedback that they gave me. And that helped me grow tremendously. Plus, in that particular job, I actually fell in love with programming, thanks to one of my mentors. He was the one who really helped me understand what coding was about. When I was in college, I really thought, okay, writing code has to be complicated. It has to like solve complex problems. So if my code doesn't compile, that means I'm just not smart enough. Essentially, having a mentor that works with me on the same code base, having access to him, being able to ask questions. I remember specifically this one time we had to like go through a class and evaluate a piece of code. It was some templates written in C++. My mentor, Mihao, he says, look, Dagna, this is just some software engineer who was showing off his skills because the piece of code they wrote was so complicated it was really hard to for anyone else to like understand quickly and take over and maintain. With that comment and the following conversations, Mihao taught me that what's really important in software engineering and writing code is creating maintainable code that other people can easily take over and just continue the work, especially in our programming industry that, you know, the turnover is like two years. So people who create products don't necessarily maintain them. So when he flipped that switch, my mindset completely changed because I understood, okay, so the code that I need to write doesn't have to be complicated. It should be simple and it should be easy for other people to maintain. And I fell in love. I started making incredible progress. Um, My last engineering manager told me that I was the best engineer he had the pleasure to work with ever because of the quality of my work and also work ethic. So, you know, that's something that completely changed my mindset and my perspective. So you're talking about someone who you're working with, working on the same code base, same types of projects. Were your mentors the same people as your boss or manager or were they different? No. So in that case, that was a colleague, a peer on my team, and he just had way more experience than I had at the time. And he was able to pass on that knowledge. I just want to take a quick break here and once again, recognize our sponsor for this podcast episode, Washington State University. The Engineering and Technology Management Program at Washington State University is a systematic approach to professional development for practicing engineers to shift from fully technical positions into leading technical employees and systems. A fully online master's degree program, students take classes at night and often implement class lessons in their positions at work before the next class. Learn more about a master's degree in engineering and technology management at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Sometimes an important distinction that it's helpful to have mentors who are outside of that kind of direct chain of command, whatever that corporate or organizational structure is, wherever you work, because these people have different perspectives and insights. And also, they're not kind of incentivized directly, you know, on your performance, like they're more interested in just you and your success when they're trying to help you through challenges versus, you know, someone who you work for, like a boss or manager like that, right? So would you agree with that? Absolutely. Although the definition that you just described for me sounds more like a coach. 
So mentor, I totally agree. Mentor would be, uh, in my definition, someone who works with you, probably on the same code base. It may or may not be your boss. But another thing that's very distinct about having a mentor versus having a coach is that your mentor will usually share advice from their own career. Coach has that access, that wealth of knowledge of all the clients that they worked with. So, you know, it's across programming languages. It's the kind of experience that spans across industries. So they have different level. Plus, if someone is being mentored by a person who has like a day job and that's just their side hobby to mentor other people, their mentee is not their priority. Sharing the advice is, but they still have their own day job. They have still their own priorities. For a coach, their client's success is literally the lifeblood of their business. So that's an interesting distinction as well between boss or manager and then a mentor and then a coach, and they can have different roles in our lives. And all of them can play important roles potentially in our ability to be successful, right? So talking to the engineers here who are listening in, if you could dial it down to one or two things, like talking to them, what would you say is so important for them to convince them that they need mentors? I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you five. So the first thing, a mentor will, you know, share their knowledge and experience. The second is they're going to give you feedback, constructive feedback that you need to hear in order to grow because of those blind spots, because of not being able to like get outside of your head and like look at yourself and your skills from the other perspective. So that constructive feedback is very critical. Third, they will help you validate your skills, right? And that helps to increase the confidence levels. The fourth thing is, which is probably not often on the mentee's radar, but mentors who especially work with you, they can help you increase your visibility across the company that you work for. And also because of that, they can speak on, maybe not on your behalf, but they can speak about you in the meetings that you're not in. For example, when it comes to getting a promotion or getting a raise. So you can get a recognition based on your mentor's opinion of you. Then kind of advocate for you in certain Exactly. That's the word I was looking yeah, for. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So let's turn the tables then. And for the mentee, the person being mentored, obviously the mentor has a responsibility. They want to be as helpful as possible, but the mentee has a responsibility to get as much as they can out of that relationship and also give to that relationship, right? So how can someone be a great mentee? Like, are there specific skills that they need or things they need to be aware of to be a great mentee? I would say there are three critical things to take into account. One is being coachable. If you're going to ask people questions about an advice about um, your career, where to go next and not listen, that's not going to work. Who would want to advise someone who just never listens to their advice? But the second thing is also to be able to ask for feedback. Be able to be prepared whenever you're meeting with a mentor to ask specific questions. And what comes with that too is to be able to create a safe space for the mentor to share that advice. What I exactly mean by that is people often have certain opinions or ideas that they would share with us, but they're scared that the feedback might hurt our feelings. So in order to get the most out of the mentorship relationship, it's important to create that safe space 
and tell the mentor, hey, I really need for you to like, let me know. And even if it's going to hurt my feelings, I totally get it. I really feel like this is going to help me break through. So please give me that advice. So you need to make it safe for them to tell the truth. And you're willing to hear that, right? Exactly. And we need to be willing to receive that and do something with it. That's why we're seeking this advice in the first place. That's excellent. Absolutely. Let's go back to you, Dagna. Like, what made you decide to become a mentor and a coach? And, and what are some of the challenges that have been part of your journey that you've had to overcome as you've been working through this personally? I do have one mentor to thank for believing in me at the time that I didn't necessarily believe in myself. Her name's Pinky. And she was just an incredible role model. We got to work together. She was a manager of mine. And she really set a great example in terms of her growth and self-development. And like I said, she believed in me and in the fact that I could do things on my own before I actually did. That's in terms of mentorship that really helped me. The second thing is being able to see that it's possible for me because my coaching started as a side hustle. So I had my regular nine to five programming gig, and then I would like after work and on the weekends coach others. So that's how it started. And then I realized, wow, I'm really good at this. My clients are getting really great results. Then the pandemic hit and I had to stay at home and work remotely. So that was another thing that helped me accelerate making that decision. Okay, if I have to work from home anyway, might as well work on my own thing and not for somebody else. So these are the things that really helped me launch that move from being fully employed, the software engineer with a cushy job and nice, comfortable benefits to becoming an entrepreneur and taking a chance on myself. How about you, Jeff? How was your journey from like moving from nine to five to, you know, becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, so for better or worse, on my side, I didn't start as a side hustle. I had some catalysts going on in my current work, and I knew there had to be a change there. And I was considering getting other jobs, and long story short, after considering a lot of different options, I decided, hey, this is when I want to do this. I want to try this. And I combined that experience of broad scope of engineering work that I'd done and some opportunities over the few years that I'd done kind of on the side work, but within the corporate job that I had coaching and mentoring and training in that space. And so I'd done it sort of internally. I hadn't done it as a side hustle or made any money and undoing that. But I took the leap. And for better or worse, here here we are about two and a half years later and still alive. And, and it has been a roller coaster journey of ups and downs and challenges along the way and times that I didn't think I could do this. And uh, there's still days that I wonder But um, lessons that I've learned that I couldn't have learned any other way and the people that I've met and opportunities to do things like this, meet great people like you and host a podcast is just a wonderful opportunity that I'm really blessed with at this point. So really grateful. Awesome. I think that this is the amazing thing about being an entrepreneur. Like you really get to wake up every day and work on something that puts you on fire. I'm glad we both have an opportunity to do just that. Dagna, what final piece of advice would you give our engineers here, especially those who are trying to find a mentor and and start that relationship? Like, what would you tell them? Mentor is an ear to listen and a friendly soul that will push you in the right direction. 
but you have to be in a place to receive that feedback and to really be open to, you know, putting that advice into action. That's really the most important part, putting the advice into action. This has been a fun discussion. At this point, we're going to transition to the Take Action Today segment of the show, where we'll get one final piece from Dagna about something that you can take action on immediately. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. But before we jump in here, I would like to recognize our other sponsor for the show, ASME. ASME, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, serves a wide-ranging engineering community through quality learning, the development of codes and standards, certifications, research, conferences, publications, government relations, and other forms of outreach. Becoming a member and joining the ASME community is the most important connection a current or future mechanical engineer can make. Members can engage with various ASME sections and technical divisions led by ASME volunteers. ASME members get access to a variety of career resources to help you throughout your career, whether you're just out of school or an already seasoned professional. Search for rewarding engineering jobs on ASME's Career Center or focus on your professional development by participating in live webinars on key topics. Don't miss your chance to advance your career, enhance your professional network, and find your next ME opportunity by checking out ASME at www.asme.org. Dagna, we've had a fun discussion here, but I'm curious, again, for those who are looking to find a mentor, what's the one simple thing that they can do to start that relationship, maybe a, an easy thing to ask so that they can start adjusting their mindset and leveling up their career? So one thing that comes to mind is reaching out to a person that you admire, that is where you would like to be, the person who you would like to be your mentor to start a conversation and open up this relationship for a potential for mentorship. Reach out and ask about three book recommendations that they could give you that help them get where they are right now. For me, book is kind of like a mindset enclosed in itself in paper. And by asking about these three book recommendations, you can essentially get a piece of your mentor's mindset in writing. Because we just talked about this, I'm going to ask you for your three book recommendations that you can share with the audience here. The first book that I would totally recommend to anyone is a book by the FBI negotiator, uh, Chris Voss. Never Split the Difference. That's an incredible book that helps to negotiate, helps to grow and really understand how the dynamic works whenever you're trying to influence others to do something or convince them to follow your idea. Or it applies even when you're at work trying to negotiate a race, right? The second book is The Happiness Trap by Dr. Ruth Harris. And that particular book is amazing because it helps you understand how your brain evolved to work and why negative thinking is just completely normal and natural. And that's just how brains work. It's a fantastic book. The third book for software developers would be The Phoenix Project. It's an awesome novel, and it really talks about how an organization works from a very high-level perspective. And that's a book that will help you understand why your manager or director or the VP of engineering has a completely different perspective than you do as an individual contributor. 
If people are interested in connecting with you or following any of your work, how can they find you online? The best way would be to two ways. Connect with me on LinkedIn, my profile, Dagna Bieda. And the second one would be to visit my website, themindfuldeaf.com. Well, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure and wish you nothing but success as you continue forward. Thanks so much, Jeff. Same to you. I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars also at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling and need help taking the next career step, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, and we'll help you engineer your own success.